The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will I not, not lose. lose. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. He is the DB of the show. We are Black in Sports, where we're giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here today, we're bringing you back inside the locker room, talking about the topics in and around the game. And today, we got our good man, Daryl Jordan, in the house, man. Clap it up. Hey, Miles. Today in the locker room, we're going to talk about the athletes' college transition, man, those decisions that they have to make, man. And our special guest is going to kind of, you know, give us a heads up of how, how to go through that, man. You ready to do this, Miles? Yes, sir. All right, man. Hey, Daryl, man, what's the word, man? How you doing in the bubble? How's bubble life? Uh, bubble life is different. Uh, it's a good experience, but it's definitely different. A lot of moving parts, but, you know, grateful to be here. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, so tell a little bit, uh, bit about yourself, man. Tell the people who you are, what you do. Uh well, so I actually work uh, for the Orlando Magic um, in basketball ops, uh, but I went to high school in Las Vegas, Cimarron Memorial. Okay, shout uh, out, shout out. Yeah, you know, Cimarron Memorial, I guess I'm a Spartan still. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Kind of worked my way through, went to college at Nevada, Reno, and after that, you know, kind of caught the basketball wave, and here I am sitting in the bubble trying to make this basketball thing work. There it is. Good stuff. Now, did you play uh, hoops in Reno? Uh, I didn't. So, actually, um, out of high school, I was, like, probably like a buck 25. And um, I'm originally from Oklahoma. And so, I had some cousins that played down there. So, I went to play at Oklahoma State and ended up going to a JUCO. And then, after, like, JUCO life, I went to Nevada. And I was just like, eh, I'd rather <laughs> just get my degree. You know, so, uh, basketball, I love it. And it was in me. But right. um, I just... You know, my mind is more important, so I just kind of finished my season with, you know, the team up there, just like, yeah, I'm over it. What, so. what was the school in uh, Oklahoma? I went to Oscar Rose. Okay. okay. So, well, now it's formerly called Rose State, but it was called yeah. Oscar Rose when I went there. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. What you know about that? Miles, a little smile on, on his face. He, nah, he took it down memory lane nah, somewhere. I, got, there's some, I had some family that went to school in Oklahoma, too, so I was just seeing if, if there was a Where'd they go to school at? So, not there, so there, there <laughs> <energy>. <laughs> not there. <laughs> so bubble life, man. Um, you know, so with the with the magic, man. How much longer are you staying there? You you just kind of you know checking out things, you know, because I think you guys just finished uh, up, right? Yeah, so we finished up, but um, so I was called. So how the bubble kind of worked? It was limited on staff. Oh, okay. Of like you know who they could bring. So since we're here. The NBA needed extra help and extra hands. So it was like, hey, you know, you want to go? And I was like, sure, why not? You know what I mean? So I came and I'm actually helping the NBA. So I was kind of trying to do the dual uh, duties as far as, you know, doing whatever I had to do team-wise, but still helping the NBA. And then I stayed longer, well, I'm staying longer, just to help out with this process because as of right now, you know, season's over. Right. So, you know, we'll have our exit meetings and things like that when all the playoffs are over. So I'll still have time to go back to my team and do my part, you no. know, so. That's dope, man. That's really a way to take um, initiative or take, you know, um, what do you say, to, uh, expose an opportunity or whatever, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a great, uh, you know, staff with us, like, they're, you know, always in, you know, trying to make people better and finding out, like, hey, you know, how can we all work together? So this is a great opportunity, especially for someone like me who, 
uh, you know, I'm trying to grow in the business. Right. And so when you don't have a huge playing platform, um, they try to find something for you. You know what I mean? And this is one opportunity that I was like, hey, I'll take this risk. Yes. There's a huge reward. Yeah, I, I would imagine that the total population of whatever that number is is going to look back on this 10 years and there's going to be like some special fraternity. Like, yeah, yeah, you remember that time in the bubble? In the bubble, yeah. yeah. yeah like only three over 100 it, of us know what, what it was really like. I will tell you this. There are a lot of moving parts in this bubble. Oh, my A gosh. lot of moving parts. Well, yeah, you guys <laughs> consolidated a whole company <laughs> and all of its children, which are the teams, consolidated in one kind of location. So I can only imagine. And as soon as you started Absolutely. saying that, it made sense. So, um, you know, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, Olivier. So I kind of yeah. he, he's from the Nets, but I saw that they only had a couple of voice announcers, and they just all rotate. Yeah. So once you said that, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." You know, they're you know you're wearing multiple hats, so you support your team. Yeah, but you're in there like they they putting you to work. <laughs> I, I saw the Nuggets. Yeah. Oh yeah, for Nug- sure. The Nuggets PA guy. Uh huh. I'm familiar with his voice. Uh huh. And I was like, "Is he it's going he- on, going live for OKC? <laughs> right? <laughs> What's he doing?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So that definitely makes sense, man. So a couple of quick things just around because, um, I mean, since you're with the Orlando Magic, you know, I, no better person to go to than yourself. And uh, one person that I just definitely want to bring up, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of heat around it. So Jonathan Isaac, I think yeah. the news just came that he is done possibly for next year. And I know that's early news. You can never kind of put the human body in the spirit of people wanting to come back. But that was some news that was just recently reported today. So that's tough news. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, J.I. played very well prior to his injury, um, prior to the first injury, and we all believe that he has the opportunity to possibly, you know, become like a defensive player of the year in the league with the way he was playing. Uh, he was top, if I, and don't quote me, but I think he was top um, 10 in like all the defensive categories. Wow. You know what I mean? So, you know, blocks and steals and, you know, defensive rebounds, like he was, you know, doing everything, he got his hands, deflection, you know, all the stuff that they chart, he was, you know, on the top of all the things. And then he had the small injury and then he had the, you know, the bigger injury once we got to the bubble. So it's unfortunate for him, but, you know, J.I. is young, so he has, you know, time to heal up and, sure. you know, get back to that form. And he's, then, a, he's a huge man of faith, mm-hmm. so he'll definitely bounce back. Well, that's good. So hopefully he relies on his faith because then a uh, black Twitter kind of got at him too. He had a pivotal moment um, before the injury, right? He chose not to, um, you know, kneel, which is, you know, everybody's right and decision. But, you know, black Twitter and just social media really ate him up, man. So what was the like for him? I mean, did he like reach out or, or, or any conversations with you guys of what happened after that? So um, his decision was made prior, and I just know how our team works. Our team was in full support of what J.I. does. Like, that's the one thing about this organization. Like, we are all support. If this is how someone feels, you know, he's our brother. We back him up. Um, you know, and everybody has their own right to think the way they want to think. And, right. You know, he's a strong thinker. And I think where, you know, I didn't really read too much on black Twitter, things like that. But I think where people kind of got it misconstrued was um, J.I., he came out and said, like, and I'm quoting, uh, paraphrasing, not quoting, um, you know, the world needs prayer. The world needs God. The world needs help, you know, uh, healing from that. So he's that much into his faith that he understands like, yeah, I get it. You know, all lives matter, black lives matter, this, but God is going to bring us all together. You know, that's kind of how he goes around. He's like that in the arena. Like, I mean, Jay, I'll pray for you in a heartbeat. 
He gives you good words of encouragement. Every day he sends um, a Bible scripture, you know, to everyone. You know what I mean? Like he's just a real good guy. Praying for his recovery. I know that's a, he's got a, 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 a long kind of head, a, a road ahead of him to, to get back healthy. I'm a fan of his game. Um, and to your point, I mean, whatever decision you make is, you know, nobody's more righteous than anybody else. So, um, you know, right. praying for his speedy recovery. Yeah. And no one, yeah, we, we, are, we all are. Yeah. No one prays on the downfall of anybody. You know what I mean? Well, I won't say no one. I mean, just the, the righteous minded people don't want to, to see anyone hurt. But, you know, we are in eternal right. time and, you know, it was just a nasty coincidence that, you know, he didn't knee and then to hurt his knee like the, the game after that was so politicized. And he may have not been doing it um, other games, but it was for whatever reason it was highlighted before that. And it's, it's just really sad. So definitely prayers to him on speedy recovery man. Absolutely. and mentally. Right. Because when you have people attack you, you know, that can kind of cut at your core. So sure. So hopefully, you know, he comes back because, like you said, he's a good dude. And he was on, on the on the verge of doing some great things. I mean, y'all got y'all got Markel yeah. Fultz hitting jumpers again. So right, right in that organization. Right. That's yeah. the article yeah. talking about building around uh, Fultz and him. And then, sure. I mean, uh, Gordon. So, like, y'all got a, somewhat of a nucleus, man. We, we do. We have a great coach who um, is, you know, what they consider old school coach. But he's righteous in how he approaches the game. So all of our guys are taking on that personality of how do we approach the game uh, to get better. But when it comes to like mentally for, you know, J.I., uh-huh. uh, having that same injury, I, to be honest, the person that J.I. is, he, I don't think he's worried about the outside world. And I'm more worried about the mental part of yourself. Like, am I still the same person? Yes. And I, you know, can I come back from it? Because that's like what, when I injured myself, I was, you know, 10, 12 years older than he was when it happened um, for me. Mm-hmm. And it was just more of like, wow, this slowed up my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I shouldn't cut the same. Or should I run the same? Or should yeah. I jump? You know, it's just all that. And once he gets past that, you know, Jay will be right back to doing exactly what he was doing, blocking shots, running the floor, dunking, and getting everybody involved. Yeah. So 6'11", 6'11". <laughs> <laughs> there it is, dropping the numbers, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And worst case scenario, he's 6'11". Right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So what we want to talk about today is just that decision, man. We talked a little bit about your college, but just what should athletes, and, and we can change it, we can go through it all different perspectives, but what should athletes be thinking about when they're making that transition um, to into college, man? You know, that's a good question. I think that it's changed over, you know, obviously the years, the decades, you know, time. Uh, everybody's decision is different. I just know in my heart, or I believe, the way things are done now with college athletes, um, with all the social media, with all of the handlers, with all the people in your ear, they, you know, everybody has the dream of, you know, making it big, so on and so forth. Um, I think it just, it jades the true college experience at times. The you know, process, I look at it like these kids. The, you mean the process yeah, the, or the, the whole experience? Of, okay, the process. Yep, yep. I, I, the process that turns into the whole experience. Gotcha. Right? Yep. So you start out as a kid and, you know, everybody, and I, it, it gets up under my skin when I hear parents or adults say, oh, he's a pro. And I'm just like, how do you know? Because he's one <laughs> at 13? Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's telling everybody, you know what I mean? Like, right. what if he stops growing or you get an Anthony Davis who was 6'2 in high school and then all of a sudden now he's 6'10? Like, it, it goes both ways. Right. I don't think they were saying Anthony Davis was a pro when he was a 6'2 point guard in high school. You know what I mean? So, um, I think those things like those things make me cringe when when people say that because that gets into the the kids head. I will say this: uh, shout out to another uh, Las Vegas uh, native, 
Zach Collins that plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. His father, his father, who I like, love Zach. I think his father's a really great guy. His father was the first person that was like, Zach could be, he said could. He didn't say Zach is a pro. He said Zach could be a pro. Mm-hmm. And it was like when they were kids, because, you know, I've known Zach since he was, you know, 9, 10, you know, 11, like, you know, growing up playing, you know, on the basketball circuit in Vegas. Right. But his dad said it, and I was just like, okay, but Zach was 6'2 at that time. <laughs> so now that he's grown into a seven footer. Right. It's like, okay, he got the growth spurt. But his dad is, I think, 6'10, maybe. So, you know, it had it, he had it in him right. to be tall. Now, the skill part was because he worked and he worked and he worked. But even at that, that's what I'm talking about, like the process. So you get kids that do that, but then you have the kids who go through the process who are like me. Okay, I went through the process. No one was running down my, you know, phone number to call to recruit me. <laughs> to yeah. You, right? you know what I mean? So did, did I miss out on the college experience? I don't think so because I played in college. Then it got to a point where I said, okay, I see the business side of college. So if you're going to allow me to go to school and I can get something from it, then that's what I'm going to do. So I went and got my degree and I still work in basketball, right? right? I still reached my dream. I'm physically not playing, which is totally fine with me, but I'm getting to use my brain and still being in the gym, you and know, the hard work. something the, that you, you love. Know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And so I just think that when it comes to the kids now, and this is where um, it bothers me in a sense, right? You have these kids who are all Americans, right? You have these Ramadan Americans, these parade all Americans, these top kids, this so on and so forth. Social blah, media, blah, blah. Instagram, all Americans. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, those, those, those are the best. Those are the best. Those, those are the kids to me who, if you give them a shot, they will run through a brick wall. Now they may not push the needle, but they're always <laughs> going to be there for the four years. Right. There you go. Um, you know, but I, I just look at like, um, I had a, a friend who he was, uh, older than me in high school. He's, around my sister's age, so I was coming into high school, he was leaving high school, and um, he went and played, you know, Division I basketball, you know, good athletes, so on and so forth, and he used to always say, if you're good enough, they will find you. Yeah. And that's always been in my head since I was young, and I look at these great athletes, you get five kids that are all Americans, and they run to, you know, the top school, whatever their top school is, mm-hmm. and they go to school, and they leave in a year, they've made this university X amount of dollars, um, they're done, they're, you know, one and done, they're so on and so forth. And I believe if you're that good, um, why not help out the coaches of color, whether they're black, whether they're Hispanic, whether they're, you know, Asian, whatever it is, right? You can run to, uh, not to pick on a conference, but a power six, right? You can run to a power six. If you guys are that good and you've been knowing each other because of social media, right. because of, you know, the AU circuit, so on and so forth. So all these kids know each other. They're almost like, you know, quote unquote, we're brothers. I know, you know, we play all these tournaments together, so on and so forth. You go to the All-American game, five of you can't say, hey, let's go to this power conference, but let's go play for this coach of color at that school, and let's make a difference. Because if you're good enough, the camera, the money, they're going to follow. So, I mean, right? don't I'm you coming. think that's sort of happening? You know, I mean, we've seen um, some some guys forego even going to power uh, power six schools, right? They're going to HBCUs. Um, you, you, your one boy went to, went to Howard, right? Um, you got yeah, some, Maker. Yeah, you have. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I know definitely football. Yeah, you, you have Mikey. You have Mikey Williams flirting football. So here's my thing. Football, I think, is a totally different animal because okay. there's so many, right. and they that. look at so many different things. You have like their combine is like I could go to Holden the Wall University, 
and run a four one forty, and someone's gonna say, "We'll figure it out." You know what I mean? Like a thousand percent. Absolutely. You know, I, I can be you know six five and have a you know forty one inch vertical, uh, and I weigh you know two hundred fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, chisel. They will figure it out. In basketball, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Sure. You know, so I just feel like, um, you know, especially with the black athlete or the black student athlete, place with this coach at this school and make a difference, right? And help we that program love, up, right? Help that program, right? Bring help that program coach. money. But also, I hate to say it, help that coach because, um, and I don't know the statistics on it, but typically the minority coaches paid less than the other coaches in the conference, right, yeah. at big school. So you go there and you win a bunch of games for this guy and you leave your one and done and he's getting other recruits. You help him financially, which helps his family financially, which helps him bring in other people because there's a bigger space. So if he says, hey, I want to change my staff and add, you know, this to my staff, they listen because you're winning, right? right? Because as we, all, as we all know, you know, minority coaches seem to have a shorter Leash. Leash. Big time. Than other than other coaches. Right? Oh, whether well, whether fair or unjust or whatever. I just correct. you know, that's just what you see. Let me let me ask you this so, with, with with that, and I, I guess I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. Do you do you feel it should be a seventeen, eighteen year old's responsibility to, to do that? Because here's where I'm coming from with this. I always get a hard time. Um I have a hard time with for instance, putting my, okay, LeBron, what are you going to do with this social injustice? Like, you know, LeBron's a grown man just like I am. What am I going to do in my platform? You know what I'm saying? So um, it, do you think it's, is it fair to have that responsibility on a 17, 18-year-old who might just want to go to a school solely for his Instagram uh, likes on his, you know, whatever facility he's at for a couple of days and, you know, he's going to go on the NBA anyway? Like, does, you think that is fair to that? that athlete or it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you feel is best, right. If you're going to go, you want the likes and the fame and the so on and so forth. At the end of the day, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. So you can do all that and you go to this school. If you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not, they're going to recruit over you at that school. If you right. go to another school where the coach says, yeah, you're good enough for this situation, but it could take a year or two to, you know, fine-tune little things in your game for that next level, you won't have the opportunity at the other school because they're getting yeah, the best, every, the best they, kids. Yeah, they're getting those. Every, every single year. Correct. So is it their responsibility? Um, no, but they should have a say. And don't be wrong, I know there's the quote-unquote the handlers or the parents or the this or the that and sure. all the stuff that, you know, there's they're still going on behind. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, this is my future. Oh, 100%. So I'm, I'm going to have the biggest say and, you know, no disrespect to the parents, you're not going to be able to tell me what it is that I sure. can do because I'm the one going to class. I'm the one going to whatever. Now, if the money comes into it or you say, you know, you go to this school and this school has produced a billion dollars worth of athletes. Sure. You may not be that athlete because not everybody makes it. You know what I mean? Like right. there's a kid who's going to be player of the year in a conference and he's not going to get drafted. And you're like, he's the player of the year in this conference. Right. There's going to be a kid who averaged six points and played 18 minutes in that conference, and they're going to say, yeah, but he played with four other 
Yeah, he's the, got the, the level little, of talent. He's got upside. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. A, and there's there's ten kids in uh, Europe in Europe that you've never seen play that are right. going to be drafted yeah, as well too. So yeah, I get that. I get right. That. Well, there's other issues. So okay, yeah. let's talk about the other complications, man. So going to school is one route, but now these kids have you know choices, right? So they can go overseas. The G League, the P was it the PCL, a PLC league is attempting to develop. What's your thoughts on these kids' decisions to go either one of those places? Um, and then also talk about uh, NIL name, uh, image, and likeness. So, okay, so go to the imaging and likeness. Like that to me, um, that's tricky to me because I feel like that's great that they can do that, get uh-huh. that money. Like if you can, you know, if you can, you can, you know, market yourself because that's what they're doing anyway on social media anyway. People want them to right. be influencers and yep. blah, 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 blah. Right. So they're doing that anyway. I just, it scares me, especially with, you know, all these investigations going out with, you know, NCAA and so on and so forth. Like, could an, could an agent potentially push behind the scenes? Hey, sign with me, do whatever, we'll market you. You know what I mean? Like, could that happen? Could a school do that? Could your people do that? You know, that's the only thing about, these, you know, paying the kids that way. Well, that's going to have to happen, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, some of these guys are 17, 18, and they're going to need a professional, right, to help them manage that. Because you're supposed to be going to school, going to class, and playing ball. So it's going well, to be it's going well, to be interesting. My, I guess this is the the South that was you know instilled in me as a kid. Okay, no one can manage my money like I can manage my money. So at the end of the day, if I say, "Hey, I want to get five hundred dollars for you guys to sell my jersey," if that's what I feel, I need that five hundred dollars. Even if someone can come in and say, "Hey, I can probably get you a thousand dollars for that," but what are you getting out of that thousand dollars? You might be selling it for thirty five hundred. I'm only getting a thousand out of it because you are the guy taking care of that. So if I'm selling my imaging and likeness and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I can be consulted because I'm a kid, but at the end of the day, I'm going to set the price for me because I believe in me. Yeah. So oh. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm worth this much. All these people can potentially walk around and be, you know, a hundred million dollar athletes, all these kids. So now the I, price tag is already on me. I, How can you help me? I totally get it. EJ knows just as, as well as anybody. I'm all NCAA, man. And, and, and I have my own opinions about the NBA as far as prospects being drafted a little too early, I guess. Um, and not really knowing who they are, I guess, both mentally and emotionally and even what their games are. Like they, it takes them three or four years in the NBA just to figure out how to play the NBA brand of ball or whatever the case may be. And you might be on a whole nother contract or whatever the case may be on a whole nother team or in, in any situation. So I'm all. I'm all NCAA guy, but I guess I will say, like, you know, it's tough. We all have grown up, and, you know, I was wearing 3X polos when I was 18 years old, and I would be damned if I wore a large polo. Now I'm extra medium. So we just all (laughs) – You see this tight-ass shirt he got on now. Yeah, we just all all see things a little, uh, I guess, differently, and that's why I guess it's tough for me to say – Hey, I'm gonna put this all on the 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 athlete that's 18 years old. Uh-huh. If he's you know at that time in his life to make all those different choices, I don't know if that's fair for them. I mean, we all make well, it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna learn how to make choices, and we're gonna learn how to uh, you know consequences for everything, good and bad. And no better way to learn that than early at 18 years old. But I, I feel like it's it's wrong for me to I guess put my adult pressure or adult. Feelings are adult so here, wants on, on on that athlete, on that young man. So here's how I look at things, right? I'm assuming we're close in age, right? 
because yeah. I was wearing the you know three X polos and everything like that as well. <laughs> the kids now, the the kids nowadays are so much more advanced technology wise than we were. Hundred percent. So they get it. Technology right? kids who are high school but are from internet, like social media, okay. social, social media wise, uh, right? Like how how to. How to make themselves bigger than what they are. Here's Let's kids call it exposure. Know. Exposure wise, right? Yeah, I, had a, I had a pen pal. Wise, right? I was on a pen pal. <laughs> so, right, yeah, right, right absolutely. Yeah. The, there, there's kids that I know who have a blue check or star or whatever it is for, sure. for social media. And I'm like, what makes you get a blue check when the people that ask you blue check are famous or right. they're professionals or they're, but they're so good at, you know, when to post, how to post, take away a post, Content. add a tweet, take away a tweet. Get it, you know, yeah, all that, right? Because people are interested in seeing that. So they understand the value of how to market themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, financially, they may sell themselves short because they don't know, but you also can have somebody advise you without, you know, dipping into your pocket, right? Well, yeah, what should absolutely. I do? Right? And if you want to do something with me when I make it, great. Give me this free game now because you will get rewarded later because that's what we do, right? Yeah. We give you the free stuff now with hopes of being rewarded late. So why can't we reverse it and say, hey, give me the free game, and then when I make it, I potentially can hire you because that's what a job does when you go on an interview, right? Yeah. Oh, let me see your resume. But I have three or four other people that I potentially could hire you for that job. So, you know, there's ways that these kids can, you know, do it themselves without putting pressure on themselves, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. And the school also, I believe, should have some type of situation where they, hey, these are, you know, some things that you can go through. These are different, you know, protocols. These are, like, you can enlighten them as well as they become student athletes at your school to say, these are all the avenues that you can take. This is what it is. That's going to be needed. You pick. That's definitely going to yeah, be needed. Yeah, like, for you sure. pick. You can choose path. You can choose path A, where someone helps you and they get 10%. You can choose path B, where you have a team of people that help you, but they get 20%. You can choose path C, where you can all yourself. These are all the things you're going to face on your own. Do you want that pressure? Or would you like, you know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of ways that they can set up, you know, for people to do. Now, to answer your question about like all these other leagues, I personally, and it's just different in basketball, I would love to see the NBA G League become a farm system like baseball. So if you kids want to jump and you get drafted and you go to a team, you sit in their farm club until you're ready. And if you're not ready in two years, three years, whatever it is, you have an opportunity to, you know, go overseas or do whatever, but you've learned like those ranks, right? Of how to, you know, walk like a pro, talk like a pro, act like a pro, whatever it is. Um, that's what I hope happens, right? And I, I mean, I like new- it. I just, I just hope that, you know, the teams would invest in them. And I know that was something the league was really starting to push to make sure that the teams were affiliated because sometimes these G leagues was like off in the middle of nowhere with no kind of, affiliation to a, a actual program right so it's like me and miles can start a g league team here in vegas you know we got the capital and then we ain't affiliated with anybody but the rec league here so that i think that makes it detrimental because you don't you get a certain type of or level of coaching level of exposure and all of that stuff i mean miles i mean you you feel the matter or you am i all in left field uh i, I just think for uh, that tier of athlete i think Personally, I just think the maybe the one year at Duke or Carolina or Howard or wherever you go is a lot better than than the G League. Uh, yeah, year at Fort Wayne. And just my damn my opinion. So okay, so okay, so I 
okay, I understand both sides, right? And I'm, first off, I'm pro-education. Um, I believe if you go to school, get something out of it. A lot of these kids go a semester, and then they, you know, I'm leaving anyway. Do I really go to class, you know, for the second semester? So get your education if they're going to give it to you. Get as much as you can for as long as you can. Now, right. when it comes to the basketball situation, I can be that top guy, and I can go to um, the HB, you know, CU school, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can go to Fort Wayne, as you said, to play against guys who have been to the show, been overseas, been four years of college, and every day I'm learning. And the difference is, I don't have to go pick up a book at nine o'clock in the morning, at twelve o'clock in the afternoon, go to practice, hit the study lab after. You know what I mean? Come back, get my shots up. I'm literally waking up in the morning and I'm learning that business. Uh, I work on my game. I practice. I go watch film. I come back at night. It's a lot less pressure than going to school and doing the work. Now, you miss out on the social part because now you're dealing with people. <laughs> you're dealing, now you're dealing with people who possibly have kids and families and adults. And the difference between college and pros, uh, they're not holding your hand like they do in college. Mm-hmm. When you're up here, this is what time this is. Correct. And if you don't make it, you will be fine. Mm-hmm. And if you have an issue with this and you don't comply to what we need you to do and it doesn't work out, we will trade you. We Correct. will pay you and get rid of you. We will, you know, in college, it's more of, hey, you missed study lap, let's go run. Correct. Oh, I got to run. But you're still on a team. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and then in college, I'm better than you. But in the pro rank, everybody is who they are. Mm-hmm. And every day people are fighting to keep their job. So, yes, you may be picked higher than me. They may have invested more in you, but I can't let you kick my butt because right. I need this job to feed my family. I'm 28. And college isn't like my, that. Yeah, I need to feed my family. Absolutely. And I would argue the, the scenery probably at – the scenery is probably better at Howard than it is uh, at Fort Wayne. Just our, just from <laughs> yeah, my slight yeah, experience yeah, at Alabama State, I know the scenery was a lot better <laughs> than, than it was. Right. If you, if, you are, if you are into the scenery at that age, you will not make it in this business. I will tell you that. But I'm not saying I'll, you can't read the menu, but <laughs> if that is your main, if that's your main focus, then this really isn't for you. Sure. Because there's sure. A, there's people who, oh, I made it and I made you know a couple million dollars and yeah, and then they're gone. And you're like, what happened to this person? They you know they were killing. Yep. Well, the life probably swallowed them up. Yep. And I'm not saying don't get me wrong. You know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I'm not saying you got to be like Kobe. I'm in the gym on the road. I'm doing like you know what I mean, but. That, that man's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, you know, arguably one of the greatest ever played, you know, uh, championship caliber, you know, mom mentality, all the stuff that we talk about. But he worked on his craft, mm-hmm. and that was his focus. Yep. And other players who are in that caliber, they worked on their craft, and that was their focus. The other stuff that came with it is great, but their number one priority was the game. Oh. And if you come in the other way, my number one priority is the fame, uh-huh. you're going to get fizzled out. Because you're going to get the person who says, I don't have anything but to get better. Like, I, all I want to do is get better. I'll give you a, a short story. When I coached, I coached junior college basketball, and there was a kid uh, named Rico. He came down in a car, and he had uh, his dresser in his back seat and his, and his bed tied to his roof. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Rico, like, you know, we got that here. But you, he's like, I don't have a home. Mm-hmm. So this is all I have. Right. Rico put in the time, effort, and energy, whatever it took, because he had to keep the scholarship. Uh, Rico ended up going to a Division Two. He ended up winning a national title. 
when I first met him, he said, Coach, my dream is to play at Duke. And I was like, Rico, that's a big dream, especially coming from a junior college. But anything is possible, you keep working. Rico worked, 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 worked. You know Rico's senior year? Guess where he played? Wow. Played at Duke. Wow. He didn't play for Duke, but his team <laughs> got to play got against to play. Duke right. at Cameron. Yeah. And, now, and, 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 and it, it happened, maybe not the way that he dreamed, but I remember he called and said, Coach, played at Duke. That's all he wanted to do when I first met him. As an but he had nothing to do. So in the pros, you have some guys like that too. Hey, I can't come back to where I came from. Right. So I'm going to play. I, I, coach wants me to get an extra 100 shots up. I'm getting 200 up. Coach wants me to watch an hour of film. I'm watching three hours of film. And then you have the guys like, ah, oh, well, yeah, I'm here. And, you know, wait my time. They get swallowed up. Yep. Like, this is a business. I, and I, everybody wants to win in this business. I think that's the separator of any walks in life. Oh, 100%. College, pro. Corporate America. Corporate America. If you grind, you'll succeed. If you don't grind, and you won't succeed. I think that's the narrative. But if you're in that position where you're in a gray area, take your butt to school so you can just be in, be kicked in school. <laughs> but see, that's the problem. A lot of these guys that are in the gray area, right? People are telling them, "You better than him. You better than him." You and it's like, brother, you want the truth? You're better in the gray area, let alone at the top of the gray area trying to get into the black or white area. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> And, and there's a lot of that that goes on. Like, I was fortunate enough when I was in Vegas. Um, I didn't really train everybody's child. But everybody's like, oh, I want to work with Peanut, work with Peanut. And my thing was, it took a certain type of person to work with me because I was willing to help what my skill set was, which was making sure you got to college. Mm-hmm. Now, the basketball part takes care of the basketball part. Right. And I was lucky enough that um, every kid that I ever helped got a full-ride Division One scholarship except for one. And that's because he chose to go to a Division Two. Because he wanted to play, Got he didn't it. want to go sit on, on the bench. bench of the Division One right. and all that kind. Of, you know, he was like, "Yo, I just want to play." Right? He ended up finishing school in three years, and he's a successful kid. He's one of you know my favorite kids that I was ever around. But the statistic at the time was one out of every one thousand three hundred sixty-one kids that play high school basketball got a Division One scholarship. Well, in Nevada alone, there's probably what two hundred high schools. All right. That's just Nevada. How big Texas is? New York, you know all these other states, Florida, with all these athletes. So it's not that easy. And kids think, because I've dunked it, or I had a game where I scored 30, <laughs> I'm a Division One athlete. And it's like, nah, you just had a good game, and you had a wide-open dunk with nobody around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, <laughs> That's it. That's it's, it. Right. It's a, it's a different type of, you know, vibe, as the kids would say, right? It's a different type of vibe when it comes to being that great athlete, right? Or being sure. that superior player. And then... Um, you have the people who are the writers, the scouts, you know, all these people who gassing them up. I believe personally, uh, yeah, a lot of them don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> right? If you look at basketball, you look at basketball from a pure standpoint. I don't need you to tell me about Michael Jordan. Right. You know why? Know who Michael Jordan is. Tell me about B.J. Armstrong. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, like I see B.J. over here working his butt off, but you won't tell me about him because you get notoriety because you're writing about Michael. You took a picture with Michael. He's on your screen. You know what I mean? But BJ ends up going, you know, and making it in four years, however time it takes me, get to the league. And he's he's like, man, that kid made it to the league. I was like, yeah, that kid was good then. You just didn't want to write about him. And Michael Jordan has faded out, you know, as a, oh, he should have been. You know, that happened. Mm -hmm. And these writers hurt a lot of these kids. And I used to always be like that on all the writers. Write about this kid. He may not be the superstar stud, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's going to go to college, and he's going to play basketball. There that was is. always my thing. I, I don't need you to write about this kid. 
I know we know about this kid. Who doesn't know about this kid? Write about this kid. Give this kid a chance. And that's what, was that something that you were doing while you were like training these kids or just kind of put them up on game? Yeah. So, get them yeah, so that was my thing. Like my service that I would uh, use with the kids and the parents, um, I always tell the kids, like, how I look at it is if you can get yourself a $50,000 scholarship, you have all the levers in your house to tell your parents, you're not paying for me to go to school, buy me a car. And my kids would be like, yo, you know, like, coach, you're right. And if you think about it, your parents spend, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars to get your brand new car. If they just get you, you know, you know, at that time, fifteen thousand dollar car, you ain't tripping, you got a car. You know what I mean? Those kids get that car and you like, Man, I got a car. But the parents looking at like, This is a great investment. I'm not paying for school for the four years. You know what I mean? Like right. so that was like my thing to the kids and to the that. parents. That happened to my homeboy right. Marwan. He got that uh he got that scholarship rolled up to school in the Lexus truck. <laughs> There you go, right? That's a good investment That's to a, a parent because you had a car. <laughs> you had a car longer than you're going to be in school. Facts. You know what I mean? Like so. Um, and I tell the parents, like, if you just do the things that I need you to do, mm-hmm. and it's not so much about the money, but if you do things like, hey, he might have to take an SAT prep, you know, class, so you have to pay, you know, 150 bucks to take that. You know, hey, he may need to go to this camp because this is a camp full of writers or. Hey, I know a coach is going to be here, and he's willing to give this kid a shot. Right. Look at him, you know, scouting. Like, if you parents are willing to do that, spend the quote unquote five thousand dollars, let's say over the four years with travel and tournaments and AAU and all the stuff, mm-hmm. this could work out potentially for you to not have to pay to pay for school or pay for half of school or whatever the case may be. And I was just lucky enough that all my kids were able to go for scholarships. The ones that I trained, I like, like you know that, what man. I mean. Like, but, so that's but, great. Man. But I would help. I would help any kid though. But oh. I also am real with kids. I tell kids in a heartbeat, you are a JUCO kid. <laughs> not because you can't. Not, not, not because I'm a, listen, I'm a, I'm a product of JUCO, right? You know, uh, I'm glad you kept it real, though, because some of those guys, yeah. they need to hear that. Yeah, like I tell people all the time, uh, for all you Las Vegas natives, uh, Larry Johnson was a Ronald Dollar American, but he was a JUCO kid. Mm. So he was a Ronald Dollar American and had to go to a junior college before he came to UNLV. So there's nothing wrong with being a Juco kid, but sometimes people go because, like, in my situation, I probably weighed 125 pounds. In other situations, academically, they weren't ready. Right. In some situations, they just needed more exposure at a different level. So there's different usage for junior college kids. Right? No, that's definitely And people facts. look at that as a frown. And then they don't understand, like, myself, I qualified out of high school. I only had to go to junior college for a year. I didn't have to go for two years. I was already qualified. I just needed, you know, physically if my body could catch up, right? You know what I mean? Some kids have to go for two years because they need to get that AA to prove to the academic system. Right. Academically, I'm ready. And parents don't understand that. Kids definitely don't know that. <laughs> so I would give a whole platform laid out for all of them. These are avenues. These are schools that are, in my opinion, your skill set. This you know, player went here and you guys fit the same bill. If you can do this, so on and so forth. And so all of that stuff is needed. All that stuff is needed, man. And it's good that you provided that, you know, because they need that stuff to understand, you know, when they're going to make these decisions. And now, like you said, it's so much more complicated than what we had to do going in there. Uh So, hey, man, Uh time flies when you're having fun, man. So uh, (laughs) since since we're about to wrap it up, man, give us a a, a quick quote or a mantra or or just words that you live by, man. This is where we call the assist, where you kind of get to leave a a, a positive message or a note. So go ahead. Give us that uh, that uh, drop that dime. Okay, I'll give you a quote that I like. It's by James Baldwin. It's um, 
I can't believe what you do. Because I, uh, I'm sorry, I, I misquoted. I'm sorry. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. Absolutely, I live by that. Absolutely. So I love show me one. who you are, and I'll and I'll believe that. You know yeah. what I mean? But if I see you doing something and you're talking something totally different, all right, doesn't add up to me. <laughs> Facts. Well, hey, man, we thank you, man. We thank you so much for, one, reaching out to us, man. You're very engaged, you know, on the platform, so you support us. We thank you for that support. Uh, Listeners, man, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please share this show with your friends uh, and follow us on all of our social media platforms. And, oh, before I go too far, man, share your social, man. We definitely want to give you uh, that that, that chance to share your social media out there. Um, Yeah, so I'm simple. Uh, My Instagram is Mr. M-R Peanut P-N-U-T-T. Um, and then my Twitter is the same thing. It's Mr. M-R-P-N-U-T-T with the number 15 uh, behind it. So Whoa. I'm simple. Yeah, you guys can follow me. Um, I usually make jokes. That's about my biggest thing. But, <laughs> you know, I do enjoy I, I do enjoy the social media. But you guys have a great platform. And I appreciate you guys you know, reaching out to me as well. Um, and I think you guys are doing great. And, you know, I, I enjoy myself. And you guys, you know, keep going and, you know, keep doing everything positive because, Things like this are needed. No, so, absolutely. No, my help. No, man. We thank you for coming on, man. And, and tell, I mean, and, and tell them since we, hey, don't don't go to uh, first take. Just go to Black and Sports, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll throw that tweet out there. Yeah. You're missing it. Missing the boat. If you're going to first take, you're missing the boat. There right? it is. There it is. <laughs> boom, boom. Well, hey, we're gonna put all of your information in the show notes too, as well, so they can see that. And of course, once we start plugging on social media, man. So thank you so much, man, D man. Well, Peanut Man, we appreciate you for getting on, man. Definitely had a Las Vegas route, so it's always good to see our Las Vegas people doing great things in the world. Our social media is really easy, man. We're black in sports on all platforms. So, hey, right. stay safe out there and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Uh huh, yeah. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 yo. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat about two racks on handmade new rags. Sue me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.